Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed, a podcast that explores ways to transform your business and marketing strategy. Whether you're a rising star, entrepreneur, or experienced professional, a show packed with stories to inspire success and build a growth mindset for you and your company. Featuring global brand CMOs, transformation experts, and business founders, your co-hosts, Chris Lawson in London, UK, and Samuel Moni across the pond in Philadelphia, USA. Welcome everyone to episode five of Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed. My name's Chris Lawson, based in London town, and I'm joined in Philadelphia by Sam. Say hello, Sam. Hey, Chris. How are you today, sir? Good. Very good. How's your week been? It's been an awesome week. Can't wait to get going on this week's episode. Excellent. I think it's going to be a good one, actually. Um, got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to crack on. Um, on this week's show, we'll talk about a few very personal examples of marketing and how our marketing superpowers have helped us navigate our careers. Um, a few tips in there for you to identify yours and truly realizing that importance of aptitudes and the role that that has with skills. Um, we'll spend a bit of time arguing the case as to why curiosity is a key muscle to build and how unlocking that will lead to the great things, both in a personal and professional level. Well, that, that's the hope as well. Um, so I think we'll we start off today just sort of looking at um, aptitude and its role. I mean, Sam, in 20 years' time, what do you think will be the key skill for a marketeer? Um, with my crystal ball in front of me, Chris, I have to say it's not working today. So who knows? But I think we will definitely, well, I don't think, I know we'll have to keep learning. That's going to be the key thing that marketers yeah, will have exactly. to be able to do well. Exactly. I mean, it is impossible to see into the future and predict the skills that will be needed. Um, but I would certainly stake money on what attributes would be required. Collaboration, curiosity, tenacity, empathy, solution seeking, logical thinking, and, and definitely resilience. I would say that might be number one, actually, and the world we're living in at mm. the moment. And in a way, these have always been the bedrock of a marketer's skills at various times. Different aspects have been dialed up and down, I suppose. You know, so marketers have always been good interpersonal skills, have had good interpersonal skills, whether it was making deals in Adland or Soho back in the day or communicating with billions over social media. That communication skill has been a, a core part of, of what we are. But I think marketers are now stretching their analytical minds, and that has brought a new breed of marketing into the mix as well. But I'm a great believer that we all have a superpower. Sometimes it takes us a while to find it, but it is important to find, and it is there somewhere. I mean, you know, cast our mind back to ancient times. I, I was sort of thinking about this, and, you know, I think there's like five types, even even back to those days of the arenas and the forums or the you know, Greeks and the Romans. Um, you've got the marketing snake charmer, you know, the great storyteller, um, you know, command the audience. Uh, the marketing soothsayer, that visionary looking into the future and what, what might well happen and how it's going to affect the world and what we should do about it. Um, the mathematician, uh, the analyst in these days, um, the median, connecting people, um, and finally the magician or illusionist, um, if we're honest, I suppose, you know, creating value out of thin air. What do you think, Sam? Which one of those do you reckon you would be? Uh, I'm they're probably going for this, all of them. <laughs> no, in, in the, the medium one, it seems the, the, probably the biggest fit. And I think you're right. These are 
different sort of types. And I love the, you know, the, the illustration there of the five M's um, and the different, you know, the mathematician, medium, magician, etc. And I think we all have bits of all of them, but which one do we to lean to? I think I'd go with the medium. Do you have one where you have a tendency or a innate ability? Oh, oh no, that, that's a good one, I would say. Um, I would probably have to say that if I had to choose one, it would be about Soothsayer. I think it's all been about looking at trends, looking at future trends, thinking about the future and how it how it's going to impact our lives and um, how technology can help improve people's lives. So, so yeah, that, that would be closest. But anyway, bringing us back to the uh, the modern day, you know, so talk to us about your superpower. Where, where would you rate yeah, that? I, I thought I, I, you know I talked about the the median, you know, the connecting people. My, I think my superpower is building social capital, and it's that resourcefulness, creative resourcefulness that connects you to people or processes and or solutions that will maximize your impact. And what that means is, you know, connecting the pipes is really how I describe what I do through my experiences of working in different countries and, um, you know, being of Ghanaian heritage, but brought up in the UK and having different languages from from my sort of heritage and then lived in Switzerland and picked up um, French and Germany when I lived in Germany having all those different experiences and driving on different sides of the road and all of those that kind of that immersion of all of those different things have just meant that certainly from a business point of view I've seen different cultures or seen different insights and seen different behaviors and, and mindsets and attitudes and being able to serve those up at the right time to solve a problem and Internally, I'm always curious and poking around in the archives and opening a door to some room where <laughs> finding the archivist in there, pottering around and then chatting to people. So for me, it's, it's that power of connecting, bringing different ideas together and then serving them up at the right time to the right people. And, um, you know, joining um, joining people is, is in terms of working teams as well. Definitely inviting a diverse bunch of people who often thinking, why am I here? And that's the first question <laughs> they ask. And that's brilliant because then you know that if they're not quite sure, they're not prepared, they're not canned, and they can just be their authentic selves. So, so for me, you know, it's it's that um, idea of um, connecting people, ideas, and, and processes. And one of the ways to do that, well, I believe, is um, being just in, in, in innately um, curious. And so I wondered what your thoughts about um, sort of a connecting thread there is um, curiosity. How do you see that idea, Chris? Well, look, I mean, to be honest, I think without curiosity, I think we're yesterday's people. Um, you know, that sounds quite blunt, but I think that's true. I think without being open-minded, I think we become dated very quickly. And I think that's on a personal as well as a professional level. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, as you know, Sam, I'm a big music fan. And yeah, this, this is a quote from one of the most creative musicians ever. Uh, I think it sort of sums it up perfectly for me. I, I, I won't tell you who it is. I'll, I'll, I'll see whether you can guess. And, uh, um, you know, sort of, let me know, but I might have to give you a few clues, I think. Um, what I have is malevolent curiosity. That's what drives my need to write and what probably leads me to look at things a little askew. I do tend to take a different perspective from most people. Any ideas, Sam? Um, you want to phone a friend? Yeah, I think I'm going to have to like phone a friend or ask the audience. I need a bit more, I'm afraid, sir. Yeah, well, you know, he's uh, he's uh, not of this world at the moment. And, uh, you know, it's male, so the English songwriter. Mm. All right, I'm going to tell you. It's okay. David Bowie. Oh, wow. Okay. No, it's a, 
And, and, you know, you think the original star man, the original sort of visionary in terms of like painting a picture with music as to, um, you know, this, this world outside of ours. And, and if you think about reinvention, you know, about developing new ideas, going against the tide, convincing people to come along to your way of thinking, bridging the generation gap. I mean, that's what curiosity gets you. Yeah, and, and I think David Bowie sort of embodies that really. You know, all of that applies to him. And, and I think as a creative influence and, and curious about not just this world, but future worlds, I think uh, that sums it up nicely for, to me. Yeah, you know, I think um, having David Bowie as an inspiration is, is, is awesome. And uh, what I, I know and I believe is, yes, there's going to be some in, innate ability and talent. Obviously, he's a genius. So if we're all going to be like Bowie, it's going to be a bit tough if that's our aspiration. But mm. I actually think, you know, and curiosity, it's it's a skill. And you can practice and get better. And you can definitely hone that skill. And there's a few ways to think about what is curiosity and how to apply that and how to get better. Firstly, inquisitiveness and the power in asking questions. And I talked in a couple of episodes about about the power of asking questions, the why, how we can if type approach, or how can how might we do something we can if is the response to that. So the power of being inquisitive is something we can always practice. Focus less about what you're going to say when you're talking to listen and think about a question that you can ask to propel the conversation, pull out an insight or an idea or a passion point or a challenge or um, the concern that, that the, the other person or the other people have. So that's the starting point. And then the next one is creativity which is about the novel solutions and, and really the courage to challenge the status quo. And that's what creativity is. It's not just, oh, I can paint or I can sing or I can dance, but it's the the courage to challenge the status quo and, and you know, use your voice and speak up is a key, key skill that we can all develop. The third one is getting uncomfortable. And that means immersing in new environments. And I love the word mysterious. You know, things which we describe as mysterious are perfect opportunities to get uncomfortable. Or things which are complex are a perfect um, opportunity to get uncomfortable. And that could be with food, with people, in the environment, or even what we read or what we, you know, what we watch. So all of those um, areas give us an opportunity to get uncomfortable, take you out of your comfort zone and have that challenge and you know go after things which are complicated at first because you'll learn and you'll get better and then the fourth one is openness being open to other people's ideas uh, the you know the new or different ideas that you may have immersed in variety you know we all know what eating tapas is that's all about variety and being positively disposed to what's going on in the outside world and i think for for, for me those four drivers of curiosity are great skills and great muscles that we can build and you need to make this happen make the time and you need leaders that encourage the time for doing the above so this is something you can work mm-hmm. into your day-to-day on a you know on a daily basis on an hourly basis but think about those four things of inquisitiveness creativity getting uncomfortable and being open to new or different things and how you you know how you respond when someone suggests something you've not heard of before and for me it was walking into a new role when i was on the um the kenmore brand i'd just come to been in the u.s about nine months um started a new role and uh, there was a um part of the portfolio which had um new new product new appliances and we created this wonderful new logo and new packaging and artwork and everything was rolling everything was printed and it was just being packaged up and i noticed something was slightly off but i couldn't quite put my finger on it i just it just looked and felt different to what we what we had in the prior version and as i 
sort of looked at it, I realized they removed Spanish from the packaging. And when I started asking questions as to why, there wasn't a really a good answer other than, oh, we just felt it was a bit, you know, cleaner and crisper. But as I started doing the research, it turned out like a quarter of our audience had Spanish heritage or had a predisposition to using Spanish as a language. And they essentially felt that we were taking something away from them. And that was just a huge risk, which no one had really proactively thought about. And so I'd been in the job like a few weeks. I raised it with the general manager and ultimately put the business case together. And she said, yeah, actually, that makes sense. So we had to scrap um, packaging that had been produced, make the changes, reintroduce Spanish to the... Uh, you were popular. To the Yeah, well, exactly. And having that courage there, but it was the right thing to do. And looking back now, you know, a number of years later, of course it was the right thing to do. But at the time, it was, who's this new guy coming in, you know, wanting things to change? Well, it was the right choice to make, but it was through just, just feeling something was off, but realizing that it was... Ah, that was what was off. And then having the courage and, and getting uncomfortable and then having a, an organization which was open um, to to listening. And ultimately, we achieved double, you know, double digit sales growth on, on that product portfolio. So it was definitely financially beneficial, but also, as I say, the right thing to do, but also the business thing to do. I think also there, you know, you, you bring us onto our theme for next week about courage, um, courage of being brave. And, and I think that really does go hand in hand with with curiosity. And, and as you say, it's also about creating an environment where that's that's welcomed and not seen as something to be afraid of as well. You know, key factor, I think. And we've all been working in organisations where that, that isn't the case as well, I think. How have you seen it play out, Chris? How does this curiosity play out in marketing from your perspective? Well, I, th- I think the first thing it, it is about asking questions. You know, that's that inquisitive nature. I think is is hugely important. You know, asking those series of questions. You know, what problem does it solve? Why should I care? Who is it for? What makes this special? Uh, obviously, it, the question set may well change, but but that's one that I tend to come back to time and time again because i think it, it teases out most of the things that we should be taking as second nature within marketing and, and that's a big part of being curious it, it should feel natural to ask those questions but it should also feel uncomfortable until you have a good answer now that doesn't mean it has to be hugely confrontational and end up in a mm-hmm. you know argument or whatever but but i think it there can be an uncomfortableness if you don't feel that you've got a good enough answer and i think we have to get over that yeah because i think when you do get a good answer then you know you know you have that feeling and both parties think ah okay right mm-hmm. but the light has just switched on for both of us now and, and i think you know when you're angry enough or excited enough about something yeah. to demand an answer as well and i think that's important the importance of passion to actually really care about this stuff rather than just go through emotions you know there's nothing worse than those five questions that i've just outlined being on a tick box sheet which says we must ask x and y before we move on you know that doesn't do anyone any favors yeah it makes sense absolutely i think the the, using your voice and speaking up and speaking out is critical in all of this yeah and you know i'm another quote i'm not going quote mad this week i promise but i thought this was really pertinent when i was sort of researching the subject yeah Hold tight to your childhood spirit of wonder, curiosity, and adventure. That was from Richard Branson during the launch of the 
Virgin Galactics of flight um, Unity in, I think it was probably about November time now. And that, that says it all to me. I mean, you know, that idea that is, is childhood curiosity and wonder. I think if we could all hang on to a bit of that, I think uh, we'd be in a, a much better place. And, you know, talking about his experience, I mean, that's what embodies the Virgin brand as well. And the, the, the hundreds of companies that try to look at where is the where is the sort of a clear space? Where where is the things that need fixing? What what can I do to improve the customers' lives? And uh, you know, he, he was talking about that the Virgin Galactic Dream was a realization of a dream made fifty years ago. And you know, funny thing is, I met him when I was uh, just starting out as a marketing exec, you know, 20, 24 years ago, something like that, I think. You know, I met him again, obviously, when I was CMO of Virgin Wines. Um, but when I started out on my career, I went for this interview um, for Virgin Ultimate, which used to market things like uh, Necker Island, some of the, sort of the, the luxury properties um, that Virgin had. And, and I went along to this sort of, uh, building, so been given the address by the recruiter, um, for the interview, and it was all pretty dark, and I rang on the doorbell, and you know, it suddenly, suddenly dawned on me that I was actually in his house. I sat in the living room waiting to be called up, and I'm oh, okay. looking around, and there's pictures of his kids and the awards, and thinking, at first I thought maybe I was on candid camera or something like that, but <laughs> exactly. within about 10 minutes, someone someone um, went and grabbed me, took me up to the meeting room, and I sort of relaxed a little and thought, okay, and, and wait to okay. meet the manager. And and then, then he walks in. And uh, first thing he does ah. is introduce himself, which I thought was a slight bit unnecessary, actually, but very nice because I think, yes, I do know who you are and this is your house. And Tell your name to me. I, can't, I haven't heard of you before. So. <laughs> yeah, but he, he, you know, he sort of said, who are you? And then he said, what are you here for? <laughs> and what's the job? And I thought it had a massive impact on me right through my career because, you know, no doubt he can't do that to every single employee, but to take the time to get to know some of the potential people that might be working at your organization and be inquisitive and to care, I think, you know, really sort of shows the culture that he wants to create as well. So, you know, made a big yeah. impact, I think. And, uh, you know, let's, let's face it, storytelling is what Virgin do well, but what they also do well is look at the pain points and the frustrations and they, they're curious about how they can improve people's lives or how they can improve products or, or even quite simply how they can improve product margins. Um, so, so yeah, that, that made quite a big impact on me. What about you, Sam? So from your lens, um, you know, it's as much about culture as um, curiosity. What do you think? Yeah, I think for me, you definitely have the have the culture that cultivates curiosity and there are sort of signals and a checklist of things that you know you can fight for to drive a team culture where curiosity can happen and can multiply but here's my biggest observation it only works if the leadership are on board and they are out there role modeling so it's not enough to talk about it but they've got to be about it and this is a, an environment where leaders accept all viewpoints including dissent, dissenting ones and i'm not saying they have to agree but they're they're ready to hear and listen to dissenting viewpoints. You know, can you ask questions or offer a counter viewpoint to what the most senior person in the room is saying? Can you email the CEO 
And do you get a response or not? Those are just little signals. And you can ask those in an interview or, you know, trying to, when you engage in with companies, if, if, if they kind of confused by that question or they, they don't, they kind of say no, then you're probably in, not in the right culture where the curiosity can thrive. You know, the other one is leaders need to be open to hearing and sharing bad news. You know, is bad news buried and never talked about? I recall an example where I worked on a project and we got cancelled. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to do a post-mortem into the, the project and why it failed and why it didn't work out and why it was killed. And I, I was furious because everyone said, no, 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 we, we, we can't we can't do that. And I said, like, what, what are you talking about? So I was, I was furious and I didn't just stay furious. I published the post i wrote the postmortem and i published it and guess what no harm no harm was done i survived to live another day and it was just if someone says no you can't talk about something that didn't work well guess what you can you can do it you can be it and sort of signal uh, and and reinforce that culture you know the other one i'd say is huge for marketers right now is the courage to move in directions different from the competition why do we spend all our time tracking and copying our key competitors uh, that doesn't make any sense to me yes be aware of them but not following and copying them you know my greatest initiative early in my career was copying an idea from a power tool brand but guess what um, spoiler alert, I was in the food category. So I saw something that seemed to make sense in the power tools and consumers were exp exposed to it and just brought it to food. And so, yeah, you can copy other people, but not in your, from somewhere else, from a different category. And it worked really well. And it transformed how people saw and perceived the category and communicated in a really simple way. Uh, and the consumers got it. And so, yeah, steal from other categories and copy others, but just don't stay focused on just the competition and your immediate competition. And then the fourth one, which I would say is much more provocative than some of the others is, do leaders prefer new and unfamiliar ideas? And the point is they're not, no, no, don't do leaders hear or listen to us. Do they prefer not tolerate or entertain, but actually reward with resources, with attention, with challenges, with follow-up, the new and unfamiliar ideas. Those are scenarios and situations where, ah, okay, this is where they put the money where the mouth is, they'll actually put, they have skin in the game and put resources on the table. And how do they respond to new and unfamiliar ideas? Are they rejected or are they celebrated and rewarded? Those are, for me, key, key drivers of um, the culture that makes this happen. But again, I've been on my soapbox there, there Chris, so your turn. Keep me honest on this. What are your thoughts? Well, look, I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said, but I can imagine that there's a, you know, sort of hundreds. Well, let, let's hope there's hundreds. Let's hope there's thousands of people sat out there going, that's all very well, Sam, but that's quite idealistic. And, you know, so my organization doesn't have that culture. And I think you have to, we have to be reality driven here, which is it can be incredibly hard. And that's why resilience comes back into it. You know, it, no one said it was going to be easy what our role was, but it is our role to bring that curiosity in. And I think even if you focus purely on the consumer or the customer journey, yeah. working out what the pain points are, making it a little bit better, removing that friction, trying to improve it a bit more, then a bit more. I think, you know, even if we make sure that within our opportunity areas where we're striving to deliver on that before we then think about the transformation goals, I think that that for me is the, the most important thing out of that, that, you know, that curious spirit that we have or, or should have or grow 
we need to make sure it applies to everything that we do. Yeah, I agree completely with that. It reminds me of some of the work that I did in my B2B days at Granger, and which is a company in the maintenance, repair, and operations um, industry. And they, you know, they're the place you go to instead of your your traditional sort of hardware or DIY store to to get you know your light bulbs and your carpet and your you know your fixtures and fittings and all that kind of stuff and your equipment and gear. You go to them, and what I, I see was really powered by curiosity was the their a program called Keepstock, which essentially took ownership of inventory management for their clients. And what I loved about that program, it wasn't just one solution. There were like ten or so different models. Um, and different levels from, you know, from being on site with people managing inventory to having um, maybe vending machines or technology as solutions. But ultimately, it was all about providing a service and a benefit because the pain point that you talked about, the friction for the consumer, or the, sorry, the customer was this inventory and make, being able to make the thing that they wanted to do or, um, you know, build the thing or make sure the production line was up and running and ultimately they needed, you know, inventory to, to, put, um, to put all that together. And our role was to not take that to take the burden off the the customer from having to worry about that but knowing them so well knowing them so intimately you we could actually the you know our organization could provide a better solution than than they did and that's you know having an insight and having knowledge so so deep of your customer that you can solve a problem that they can't see and being and care being curious but also caring about solving and resolving it so curiosity is not just about you know the the inquisitiveness it's the ability to take action and create and solve solve the problem better than than currently exists and so that time was fascinating to me how you could have a, a a bunch of different solutions, but all starting from caring and being curious about what the customer problem was versus trying to, you know, drive another transaction or sell something. So that for me is, a, is yeah, an example. Yeah. And and you can process this stuff. I think, I think that's the important point here is that, you know, to your point about, it doesn't have to be about, um, you know, it, it can be a skill that you can develop over time. And, and sometimes people work better when it's a bit structured. I've been working with a international scientific organization at the moment and that the whole point has been about trying the the organization in 25 different countries to Mm -hmm. to focus on putting the discovery phase as an important part of the overall project plan for new product development so that at least 50 percent of the time is is focused on discovery focused on that inquiry focused on that curiosity and uh, analysis and and you know if there's one thing that comes out of our program it, it's to to focus on that really um which i think is an important point you 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 can't force it but you can structure it it doesn't have to be a straight jacket process it can be a framework to help help things live and breathe as well but anyway look we're running out of time again um although we could carry on for ages and i definitely want to find out how you managed to get a power tool into the food category but that's a <laughs> topic say, yeah. for another time okay, exactly so so sam yeah bring us bring us home Give us the three things, the three takeouts and reflections of this week. Yeah, so from this week's episode, I'd say there's three things. And the first one is resilience. It's, as you said, you know, it's not going to be easy. So being resilient and having the fortitude to to fight the good fight is critical. Number two is get uncomfortable. 
And so I mentioned a few ways to do that, to put yourself in new environments, variety, trying different things and how you're being open to, to new ideas. So getting uncomfortable is key. And then the third one, hopefully you take away from what we've been talking about. Curiosity is a skill. Don't let, don't let anyone tell you it's a talent. Yes, some people may be you know, disposed to it, but it's definitely a skill that you can practice, practice, practice and put into action. And so resilience, getting uncomfortable, and the fact that curiosity is a skill are the three things I would say you can put into practice after listening to this show. Good stuff, Sam. So, Chris, what's coming up? On the, yeah, what's coming up on the next episode, Chris? So, next show we're going to be talking about the power of being brave. We're explore why creative bravery is not just about coming up with a next Super Bowl advert or challenger brand, but about the full spectrum ideas, products, and services that um, being brave is important to, to recognize. And it also means the right mind set and the power of saying yes and then figuring out the answer afterwards so so look that's it for today thank you very much for listening uh we appreciate it as always could carry on for another 20 minutes but time to go so see you next week sam until next time have a good week across the pond well that's it for this week's show we hope you enjoyed it find more by visiting marketingtransform.com and click on the subscribe link if you listen via apple spotify soundcloud or anything else then click on follow subscribe or type marketing transformed into search we're a new show so please leave us a review comment or ask a question we'd love to hear from you get in touch at marketing transform show at gmail.com.